It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Hey, hump day. Look who's there here. Yeah. Anthony's here. He made it. <laughs> Anthony's wiring in our boy here. Yeah, we Jesus wired up. in the slot. We wired up. McNuggets. I'm here. What's going on, bro? Tyvis is in New York, so they brought we him in. Got to take everybody kid. behind the scenes. J and G show up eight seconds before the show starts. <laughs> and I'm good to go. It's six, it was six and a half. Seven. What's that? Seven, seven seconds before the show. He made it though. He said eight. He's, he's, I love when whenever we see Anthony poking around back here, yeah, someone means, just slid in that. Well, well, you know, well, here's here's what happened. So, I don't. I didn't have my key card today because the car is in the shop. Listen, and the, and the key card's in, in the, the key car. Card stays in the car. At least I know I'll be you able to get. Just got this car. How's it in the shop already? I asked him the same question. I was confused. That's well, probably regular maintenance. I mean, yeah. you got to do regular well, regular maintenance. maintenance so I, I, wrong with I the mean, car. listen, the lights was going out. I, the electrical board was. I said, hold on. That's not regular maintenance. That regular. I was like, you know what? Want to look in that lemon? <laughs> That's ball, a Range Rover too. And, and hold on. And Jeez. the crazy part about it is, like. They tell you you can only take it to certain dealerships. See, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah. I, I think this is the, if you get a car and it's, it's quote unquote a luxury car, I can't take that to the regular dude down the street. Well, you can, but beware. Yeah, that was like, yeah. You want someone working on it that's certified at, yeah, on that model. Something yeah. that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. You're doing an oil change. Yeah, okay. yeah oil change, but, whatever. Yeah. But if it gets into specific, particularly when it gets into the computer board, yeah. I'm not trusting that with, you no, know, no, yeah. it's a run of the mill. By the way, <laughs> I, have do, I pulled yeah, into <laughs> the TV station parking lot today, shut off my car. There's another car behind me. Music's really loud. I can't fight this feeling any longer. I love that song. Someone mm-hmm. turns that music cheesy up rock, really loud. Cheesy love rock. Oh, I love Lord. it. Okay. All of a sudden, I start walking towards the door. And the woman like calls out to me. He goes, "Bull, let me ask you a question." <laughs> Did you in, know in, it? The, in the parking lot? In the parking lot. I said, "Okay. Well, first of all, I like your song. You know, it was, it was beautiful." <laughs> and then like she goes, "Feeling anymore? How many yards down the field does a guy have to be to be illegally downfield?" It's a good question. And I'm Very like, good that's question. a good question. I think it's just released from the line of scrimmage. I believe right? it's two, two yards. Yeah. Technically, it's not I very much. Think, I don't think they call it, if it unless it's more obvious than that, but right. I thought it was an interesting question because I was like, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's two yards. It's two. And I yeah. think it is two. Uh, well, if McNuggets is here, that means his chair is occupied by dun, 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 the Duke dun. of Earl. Earl, what's, what's on your mind this morning, man? brother? What, what, what is moving your mind today? Alright, so we're going to get started with this. First things first, our Cleveland Browns talk is brought to you by Tri-C. What county are they located in? Cuyahoga. <laughs> There you go. Sponsored by Cuyahoga He's not County. from Parma. Yeah. Sponsored by Cuyahoga Community College. Tri-C supports their students financially, professionally, and personally. Opens up doors and endless possibilities. Tri-C, where future starts. Start now. Classes begin on the 17th. 
That's in six days. Yeah, so hurry up and sign up. And let, Change and let your me, life for the better. You've got well, six days. And let me say, Earl, <laughs> that I can confirm. I just want to confirm that Jim Schwartz is going to be interviewing for the Browns. Who, who reported that first, though? I'm not going to say because, no, it was actually uh, Albert Breer said it. I said, Bull, you know, Bull broke news at one point in time. I'm still here. bitter about I that. I never got credit for that. He never got credit for that. I'm bitter. For what? I was the first one in Cleveland to say Terry Francona was going to be the next manager of the, of the Indians. Yep, right. I said it four days before, it, maybe more than that, before it happened. Right. I kept saying it. There were media members scoffing at me because at the time it was – thought to be ridiculous yeah. that Francona was going to come here. I said it was going to happen. Said it, I didn't know exactly when it was going to be announced. Right. But I said it multiple times, and then the news broke, and How nobody gave me credit. It? How did you hear it? I you heard, don't have to give me a name, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. a reliable source. I heard, heard it from somebody yeah. that knew it Francona. It was not a secret. I was really surprised that it wasn't out earlier. I think I've told this story before. It was, Jay, by me, and no, I didn't I get mean, credit for it. <laughs> People weren't looking at yes. your report, and they should have been. because I was saying it before it came out nationally at all. Tito was doing a segment with me on the Sports Center oh, set on yeah. the firing of Bobby Valentine. Yeah. And he tells me in the commercial break, Covers his mic because yeah. he knows people are listening. Yeah, you told us the story, and says, I remember. Hey, I know yep. you're going to love this news, but yeah. I'm going to Cleveland. I thought he meant the head like out. the head coach, <laughs> like, like to be the manager. Yeah. And I go, wait, you're, you're back in the game? He goes, no, no, I, I mean, I'm likely going to be, but right. as soon as this is over, I have to race to my hotel, pack my bag, and I've got a flight to Cleveland. And I go, well, this job is yours if you want it, right? He goes, oh, of course. I know all those guys. And I yeah. go, do you want it? And he just gave me a sly smirk. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew then, and I wondered how many other people. I wasn't the only person that he said, hey, I'm going to Cleveland. Yeah. And I was stunned that a few days went by, nothing. There were producers that were asking me, what did he say to you when he covered his mic? Yeah. And I'm like, that's between Terry and I, I can't say. But... Yeah. I'm surprised that more people didn't pick up on your report. Were yeah. you definitive about it? Defi absolutely. And was the source that told you definitive about it? She was 100% yeah. certain. I mean, it was... Yeah. It was. It was uh, I was surprised that one was yes. held so closely to but the But anyway, past. I'm well, not Retroactively, bitter. congratulations. On <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, although, to be fair about it, I thought I broke another story much smaller. Yeah. A few years later, I reported, because I had a, a different source that gave me bad information... That Ooh. the Browns were signing signing Monte Ball to a free agent oh contract, oh, wow. and I was wrong about that. Well, I, did I, anybody I, pick it up? Uh, no, not nationally. So now we know why they they, so, they, they basically said, "Well, it's." But wait I got the Frank Conner thing right first, which is then bigger, I screwed bigger up than, the than Monte. Much bigger I, than Monte. I, Ball. I will say the, the <laughs> biggest news broke by somebody that people didn't believe. I I feel like Joe Lull really broke the like he really broke the like LeBron story, like he did had he really yeah he, he had like. He had like plain itineraries. He's, you don't know him. Now. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he used to be he, like a part-time media. Yeah. Member. So there were a, a lot of people that falsely reported he was staying in Miami. There were people that falsely reported and definitively. Yeah. And guys, we know. Yeah. So, nope. He's going back to Cleveland. No, he's going to the Knicks. Yeah, there I were a heard lot that. of Wait, reports. Are you talking about when he first left or when he came? Back? When he came back. Yeah. Okay. His return. Yeah. When he came back, he was see. He's like, listen, I know. Listen, I know they didn't already went to visit him. He's like, Dan Gilbert's plane just touched down. Uh, when he went to go, they signed yeah. the, the Cold War Pact. Dan Gilbert met him and said, hey, listen, we're going to let bygones be bygones. Come on back. LeBron said, cool, after they met at dinner or whatever the case may be. Tracking tail numbers on private yes. planes can be risky. Yes. Because just because 
Dan Gilbert touched down in Miami. Don't mean doesn't mean that they agreed that he was coming. Home. It just true, means yeah. that they had a summit, which everybody hell, of course you were going to sit right, down and talk right. to him. And no, LeBron wasn't coming to you. Yeah. You had to go to him. So I've I've seen people make mistakes on tracking tail numbers. The one mistake, and it was a very good friend of mine that I hated to see happen because <laughs> he was actually right when he reported it. There was a change of heart after he reported a it. A material change. But Kirk Kirk Herbstreit famously reported that the Michigan coach was going to be less miles because oh, he yeah, that was that, from multiple board members wow. at Michigan that the deal had been agreed upon. Now that's where you got to be careful. Agreed upon and signed are obviously two different things. Well, Ask Les Carlos Miles, Correa. yeah, Les <laughs> Miles was still coach of LSU and had a very big game to coach. I believe it was either ahead of the bowl game or the SEC championship. It was a national championship. It may have been. I think it was a national championship. And Miles had been saying, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving. And then when Herbstreet came out and reported he's going, Miles changed his mind. And, I mean, think about how that may have changed history. No, but think about Schefter and Brady this offseason. Schefter reported he's retiring. Brady... Then says yeah. he's not retiring. Right, right. Then he retires. retires and then comes there back. There was a yeah. lot of shady business going on behind that. Oh, that, no, yeah, that I was... think now that we know a lot more than, than at the time, we thought there's no way he's walking away. There's just there's no way he threw for 5,000 yards the year before. He's not walking away after this year. I don't, I don't think, think he's either. walking away. And no. now all the smoke seems to be Brady going to New Orleans to hook up with Sean Payton. I've heard that from right. multiple folks that cover the league that are reputable. I've heard really people say he's going to, to Vegas. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I'm like, because look, Josh McDaniels has already shadow round Derek Carr. He's, he's already done. he's done. Yeah. He listen. He's, they don't owe him any more guaranteed money. They don't owe him no more money. He's not going to be true. on the Raiders. Next by the way, before we get to the DC situation, one more surprise newsbreaker who's broken at least two stories this winter. This well, this winter, Carlos Bayerga has yeah. broken two big baseballs. What? Wow. Yeah. Two. New. He, he was on the team. He, he did Jose Abreu. And uh, Bogarts, didn't he? And he did Bogarts, Bogarts yeah. yeah. Wow. Look yeah. At, look at he Carlos. was the first Shout one on both to, of those. Shout oh, he got one in. more. Yeah. He has plugged in. I got one more before we get to the DC uh, what you got? conversation. Breaking news. I found out today I'm the only person that's a producer here that's right-handed. It's fact. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> you guys are all lefties. You guys left in? So is director Steve. I'm lefty, too. Got a lot of lefties here. Wow. That's, so that's like why we're so creative. Of the I thought it, I thought it was like 12. I thought it was less. It might it be 12. less. Yeah. And we got half the people in this room right now More than are left-handed. Four out of seven? I watched you guys left hand up, right-handed. baby. Left hand up. I watched I'm a right. documentary on that. Yeah. You know, like, you watch a documentary on that. Natural yeah. selection in left-handed sleep, people. I mean, what else are you going to watch? Really? Like 4.30 yeah. in the morning on a Tuesday and, night. And, and why it's, it's more difficult to make someone left-handed. Because I was just saying, well, at, at a young age, just make them left-handed. They're yeah. like, no, no, no. It's it's almost like ingrained in your DNA. Like it's not a thing. I was trying to get yeah. my son to hit left-handed. Uh, so, that's a lot easier to teach. Yeah. Like, Bizarrely, yeah. when I played Little League, I did it twice, actually. Even though I'm a right-handed hitter, I can bunt left-handed. Great. I'm a yeah. great left-handed. I'm not now, but I as yeah. a kid, I could bunt and could you put see, it in the perfect spot every time. I did it twice. Drag literally. bunts are so easy. <laughs> can you see bull drag button? Well, oh, I, listen. <laughs> back in the day, probably. I wasn't overweight when I was in Little League. Um, so, Leroy's here. <laughs> Get his final thoughts on Browns 22. Robert's going to be here. Same thing. He'll also weigh in on the NFLPA stuff. I know he had a conversation with you last week on Mm -hmm. the phone. Um, He wants to say some things that he believes to be true. Uh, It's be an interesting conversation for sure. Robert has been in that world for a very long time, long time player rep. Now he's currently um, on the board 
that handles pensions and disability. So he's very much in the know. We got true and false. And true, true or false, which is going to be fun. Uh, it's always fun. And we're going to recap a disappointing Cavs loss last night. And yeah, DJ Hazmat in overtime. Yeah, wow. DJ Hazmat, his world premiere, premiere of his final Browns video of 2022. I wonder if he's – has anybody seen it? No. no. I wonder if he goes specific into just the game or if he's going to take a global look at the season and kind I of. I think he does a 2020. Like mean, he does a recap. I feel rap. like he should do just a game and then do another. I agree with recap. you. I think I want to see. talk him into that. Yeah, because the season recap, yeah. there's a lot there, man. Mm. A lot that he we can got five different songs on a season recap. Yeah. And he's so talented, he can whip one up by one o'clock. Yeah, no doubt. Sure. All right. So we were going to do offensive grades. We're saving that. We're saving but that. Pushing it back. Ixnay offensive grades. Yeah. They weren't good. That's just a hint, (laughs) (laughs) and they shouldn't have been. Instead, we're going to talk about the defensive coordinator because right now, at least, it looks like the list of names that we've put together to bring in for interviews is a pretty solid list. Everybody that you would want to be on that list, as far as I can think of, is on that list. Bull, where are they in, in this hunt? And they are moving quickly, they are. and there's a need to move quickly. They do, and if you look at their the four candidates we know they're interviewing, including the two they're specifically interviewing, Jim Schwartz today and Brian Flores tomorrow, uh, then the kid, the guy from the Seahawks whose name just escaped Sean me. Desai. Sean Desai yeah. and um, Mayo. Gerard, Gerard Mayo for the Patriots. All of, the, the, of those four guys, Sean Desai is the only one who's got a team in the playoffs, the Seahawks, right. and they probably won't be in the playoffs for long. But the top two candidates, I heard from a source yesterday who said that Schwartz and Flores are the top two candidates. Yes. They both have the most experience. You think about Jim Schwartz. And I was anti-Jim Schwartz, I think, earlier in the year. Earl reminded me of that. I've come around on it. Flores is my top choice. But what I do like about Schwartz is that he's been either a head coach or a coordinator for basically the last 20 years. Which means he's entrenched as a very good defensive mind. And and if you're a player, like, you've got to respect that. And he... That Eagles defense, when he got to Philly, was not good. At all. And they won the Super Bowl right. with Nick Foles as quarterback. Now, Nick Foles played great in that postseason. I give him his credit. But that defense was phenomenal. Now, eventually, it tailed off, and Schwartz got pushed out with um, – what's his name? <laughs> we can't think of his name. Peterson. Yeah. But uh, he overall has done a very good job in his <laughs> career. Did take the Lions to the playoffs once as head coach. Overall, I, I, wasn't I, good as head coach. But as a D.C. was really good. Yeah, the D- the head coach record is no, awful. No, no, no. Yeah. The Patriots you know guys as head coaches We've suck. said on this show a million sort times, just because you're a great coordinator doesn't automatically make you a great head coach. Yeah. We've seen that a million times. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, and Schwartz, he's that guy. Schwartz wasn't a Patriot guy, but he did start his career with the Browns under Belichick. He did. Yeah, correct. He did. You know, so a Belichick guy originally. He's in that tree. Yeah. It's funny when you look at Schwartz and Flores, by the way, because they are two completely different philosophically minded defensive coordinators. Yeah. Schwartz is a guy who's going to rush four and play seven in coverage, and Flores blitzes mm. as much as any defensive Which coordinator I like. in the league. Yeah. Back in 2021, when he was the head coach of the Dolphins, mm. they led the NFL in blitz percentage, 42% of pass plays they blitzed on, which has only been topped once in the last 20 years since PFF tracked it. This year by the Giants and Wink Martindale, who blitzed yeah. every play because they had literally no one on defense. I will say, though, pressure. he had the tools to do that in Miami. He did, and you need two when great quarterbacks. When we watched the primetime game against secondary. the Ravens, yeah. and he just decided, we're playing cover zero. Mm-hmm. Our guys can match up with your guys, Massive. and we'll bring in the house. Masterful. And honestly, if you look at the arc of Lamar Jackson's career, that was the night that the blueprint was written yep. on yep. how you stop Lamar Jackson. Yep, it was there. Once he, once he blitzed him that many times, I had never – Lamar Jackson was unstoppable. He was – like the Vic stuff, he was the new Vic. He was faster than Vic. Yeah. He, was, he was doing what he wanted. That game, he said, look, we're going to run cover zero. 
but we're going to make sure you don't even know where it's coming from. Yeah. And they didn't. I think Lamar's still good, but I at the time I thought of Lamar as a tier one quarterback. I don't anymore. I think of him as a tier two Will quarterback. Will the Ravens or any team yeah. ever win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Because I don't have to think long. I would say no. I would say no no too. But in fairness, part of the reason I believe that is because you have Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes that in this AFC who are all young. Not to mention Deshaun Watson, hopefully, and Trevor Lawrence. Will a quarterback with that skill set ever be able to win a Super Bowl? And by that skill set, I mean the fastest guy on the field. Yeah, and his foot game is a ten, and his passing game Uh, might be a seven. Can I go first while you're thinking? Go ahead. I, I have it won't answer, happen but. if his best receiver is a tight end and his wide receivers are Demarcus just, Robinson. That's what I'm talking about. Whoever else they have, I don't. I can't even. I Devin think, Duvernay is your number right. two. Oh, by the way, like, if he has Lamar proper Jackson, weapons, maybe. But the Ravens kind of slapped him in the face overnight. Did you see what they did? It's not Roquan Smith. To a five-year, one hundred million dollar contract. Well, but that's a lot less money than he's looking for. A lot less money, but yeah. it's resources. That would have been available for yeah. a, a record contract signing, which is what he's looking for. I don't know what the well, what are the Ravens going to do? They, they're they're gonna well, they're going to franchise him. They have no choice. But you saw the speculation as soon as the uh, the signing came out yeah. on Smith. You saw the speculation. Oh, he's going to win multiple championships with the Jets. Hey, can you imagine him in a Raiders uniform? So now the speculation mill yeah. is really churning. And I saw some. This was purely speculation, but it was by a reporter. I wonder how this news impacts Lamar Jackson's desire to get back on the field for this weekend. Oh, I'm, I'm not listening. I ain't listen. Is that fair? No, that, that? It's beautiful. That's a I beautiful. I think Lamar's hurt. I don't. I think it's unfair to question Jay. that he wants to come back. Hey, I'm slow playing it. You know why? I'm slow walking it. Someone said he's quiet quitting. I'm slow walking I this don't thing. Buy that. You know what? He does. It does him no good. If he's he, in a no win. He's in a no win. I, I actually yep. believe that. If he comes, no if he comes back and, and he gets plays, hurt and he gets hurt. They definitely not gonna give it. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're gonna say you get hurt too much. If he come back and he's healthy and he plays bad, they're gonna say, What well, we can't win well, a there quarterback is a win like scenario. that. The win scenario is he comes back and, and he beats wins. the Bengals. Yeah. Then all of a sudden he's doing it Joe Flacco. I'm betting on myself. Yeah. That's not happening. I don't see yeah. it happening either. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly because he hasn't played in six weeks. And the injury must be pretty bad. Yeah. And you know, he's like a finely tuned machine. You take one spark plug out of a Porsche and it's not a Porsche anymore. He's not I heard uh I can't think anybody's name this way, but I heard some other player who had sprained his MCL or PCL, whichever injury that that Lamar has, the sprained. Uh, and he was like, even if Lamar plays, there's no way he's going to be able to do what he no. normally does. No, I don't because see it. it's not been enough time. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean that's that's a tricky spot. I Jalen Hurts, they have put the talent around him. They have. Uh, I, On both so, sides of the ball, too. Yeah. So, could Jalen Hurts win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could. could. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I don't love anybody in the NFC personally. I think the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs are the three best teams in the I, NFL. I, yep. I think the Niners are great, but they have a rookie quarterback. Well, who, I've never understood the Hollywood Brown trade. I didn't get it. 
He's no. a speed receiver. He's young. He's in his prime. He just got a thousand yards. Browns could use Hollywood Brown. So, <laughs> He'd be good. Yeah, I don't want D-Hop, G. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. Why, yeah, would, okay, why, would you, why would you move on from him? Yeah. And you don't have – you had – It's because they want to pay him. You, 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 had, you had Andrews. You, you had a guy that could kill the inside of the, the, the field. Then you had Hollywood Brown. All you got four or five run backs, and you have Lamar Jackson. Why would you do that? Uh, is it because the league now collectively is starting to look at wide receivers more interchangeable than they yeah. ever have before? Yeah. We saw Tennessee let go a top flight guy. A number that was of teams. That was dumb. I, it was dumb. It yeah. makes no sense. But <laughs> yeah. what they're it's funny during the draft when Tennessee drafted in the first round a wide receiver with the same they took height, trailer weight, and Arkansas. everything. The first comments were made was like, "Oh, he fits the suit." Yeah. But but that position is not just a plug and play position. No. Not for a special guy. No, not there if are very a, few special guys, right. but those guys you gotta keep You're and the hold top tightly six, to. eight, nine, ten and, and, guys, whatever and, and it is. And I applaud I applaud what the Eagles did. They yeah. had just drafted a receiver in the top ten. Mm-hmm. They say you never do that. They got Devontae Smith in, they looked around and said, Okay, well he's not gonna do what he's supposed to do with nobody around him. They went back into the market and said, hey, let's trade for another receiver right. and then have to give him a contract and look the way it's worked. Because you can't, I, I think with the quarterbacks that are, you know, the Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jacksons, the guys who are, I guess you'd argue, run first quarterbacks, Justin Fields is They that. need extra I weapons. I mean, Justin Fields, everybody went bananas. His passing, like if you look at his Mediocre. passing numbers, no. they're lousy. Yeah. Hey, Jay, a couple Ravens points real quick. Yeah. This is from a... Uh, interview with I am athlete this is Hollywood Brown he said he wanted to play in a different offensive system and that his discontent began during the second NFL season quote I asked him to trade me after the season so it looks like that he was mm. the one who requested to he be was, traded. But he, uh, wide receivers have done that since the beginning of time. I mean, so Kareem Hunt wanted to trade him. Typically, teams will say, yeah. no, no, we're not trading you. <laughs> yeah, You're right. a commodity. I, but, but recently, teams have taken a different approach. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess my rebuttal to that would be we remember when OBJ, OBJ asked to be traded. Andrew Barry didn't trade him, and you see what type of toxic environment <laughs> yeah. that created. Although, well, listen, that's a Wait, dicey position. Kareem Hunt wanted now. to be traded, and they didn't trade him. I know he's a running also, back. Also, Raquan you know. Smith, the most guaranteed money to an inside linebacker ever. 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 Now, Jay, I got a question for you. Take tag board for it for me, Steve. This was a tweet I had a couple days ago. I'm all in on Flores like everybody else. But I truly believe Flores has been an alpha male, a dominant figure, and possibly a contingency plan if Stefanski fails next year, that it can have a negative impact on Kevin Stefanski, but Good. his addition can have a positive impact on the Browns. To that, you say what? Yeah, I, I, I would not make him the head coach and fire Kevin Stefanski right now. Um, all that being said, you guys remember – yeah. In the mid-80s when no. the Chicago Bears were having – I know you don't remember. <laughs> Chicago Bears were having a ridiculous season. They fin- The only team that beat them was Miami. They ran 85. the table. They won the Super Bowl. I still Bowl. can't believe they lost that game to Miami. I can't either. That was, was the Monday best night game I've ever seen. And it was, the, and, and it was the funny Bears? because Miami was playing for the 72 yeah. team. Who did they, they beat the Super Bowl? Who was the – Miami remember? in 72? No, no, no. Who did the Bears beat the 85 Bears in the Super Bowl? But who was the quarterback? Grogan? No. Who was the quarterback? Oh, Eason? Tony Eason. Yeah, Tony Eason. They, the Bears destroyed every opponent they, in the playoffs. Well, they beat them like 55 them. I don't even But not just that game. They, they beat everybody. The entire postseason, the they killed everybody. They off of everybody. But the reason I bring that up they is hated because each other, right? there was a lot of infighting on that team between 
the defense and the offense. There really was a divide. Yeah. I've, I've watched a couple documentaries, and I've even talked to some Ditka of the players. Ditka and Buddy Ryan hated each other. They did, but Ditka didn't hate Ryan. Ryan, 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 Ditka had what Ryan wanted. Yes. Which was the head coaching job. And all of the defensive players wanted Ryan to be their head coach because Ditka was a ball buster. Yeah. He was hard on those guys. He would almost never compliment them. It was clearly a good cop, bad cop, and it worked. When, when things went terribly wrong, that team should have won three championships. When things went terribly wrong was when the power struggle carried into the next season and there were clearly two factions and it was Ryan against Ditka. They were taking, not they, yeah. Ryan was taking subtle shots at Ditka yeah, through the yeah. media. And it all went down. And that's why I'm, a, I'm always weary when an alpha male, I thought Greg Williams was that here. Yeah. I thought he was the alpha in the room. And I didn't know that that was a good situation. Yeah. And I, that By the way, for the me. record, anybody that refers to themselves as an alpha male is definitely not an alpha male. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. That's 100%. Yeah. You cannot call yourself an alpha male. If you call yourself male. an alpha male, you're not. Yeah. You're hiding in That's like calling yourself a man's man. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're you're probably not. Or calling yourself humble. Somebody else has to call you humble, yeah, my right. man. You can't yeah, do that. Listen, I'm not worried about it with Brian Flores. I'm not either. Brian Flores, I think, would would have an opportunity to take a defense that has talent, maybe not as much talent as we thought, but there's talent here. Let's not kid ourselves. There is. And Kevin Stefanski is basically going to say to Brian Flores, do what you want. Do what you want. Just kick ass, you yes. know? And Brian, that's a great opportunity. And if Brian Flores turns around the defense, and if, if, if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback we think he is, the Browns will be really good next year. I know – it's always wait till next year, but it, and those are big ifs. I get it. Yeah. But if those things happen, the Browns will be a legit contender. They'll be good, and Brian Flores will get an opportunity to be a head coach. Gee, did you ever play for a, a coaching staff where the the dog wasn't the head coach? Yes. And was it a problem? Uh, n- not really. It, it just you hesitated. It, well, I'm thinking about it. It, it. it it was bad when that person left and that other person was still there. Like the alpha male left. And oh then, yeah. Now then you got to avoid. Then you got to avoid. There's a void. Like I remember, I man. We went. At my coaches that were there it was it was Jim Grobe, and they all left and they packed up and they went to Wake Forest. So my my defensive line coach Ray McCartney, like I feel like he, he was the only dude, middle aged dude I knew was single. Like he was still in the street. Like he was like. He was this white dude. He 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 had his slick back game on. Like he ready to go. He be in two days. We like where Ray going? We smell that. We smell that brute. But Ray McCartney had that brute on. We knew he going out tonight. He got he got he got him a, he got him a nice little fast date. Ray McCartney used to say, "Listen, famous for this." He said, "Hey man, don't tell me about the labor pains. Just show me the baby." <laughs> like, don't nobody care about them nine months. Yeah, yeah. You get they say you get your now. Now today you would probably get fired for that because you, they'd be like you can't disrespect women like that. But he's saying, look, nine months we they give you flowers in the hospital because you've delivered. He doesn't tell us it don't even matter. Listen, if you make if you make the wrong play, you in the wrong gap. The only way you gonna get talked to is if you did not make that play. And I said, I like you. I like because I'm gonna make all the plays. So he was more about getting. He was the math right. teacher that wanted you to get the right answer. Right answer, but didn't care for How, however you got there. However yeah. you got, and and that type of coach for a defensive player is is a godsend because you know what they're gonna do. They gonna you gonna go out there and play your <laughs> game, like and that's the thing about high priced players and Pro Bowl players. You just want them to play their game. They say Odell Beckham isn't precise on his routes. 
That's not his game. Yeah, he, he's, he's not a route runner. He's he, a ball catcher. He's, he catches. Just figure it out. Miles Garrett need to be on that type of time. McNuggets, I'm going to start with you, and we'll all weigh in. Okay. You're Jimmy Haslam. Yes. I don't know if Stefanski gets to make this call. I'm cashing out all my stock right now. First of all, if I was running a team, my head coach would hire all of his assistants, period. For what it's worth. I don't want an analytics guy telling me who to hire. I don't want a GM telling me who to hire. For what it's worth, Stefanski did say in his press conference it was his decision to fire Joe Woods. And I believe him. Well, I I do believe him. Because I I think Stefanski, if if he says something, I think that it's true. What I have to wonder about is what he doesn't say. Which is mostly And he came out and said that he was the one that told... Joe Woods, that he was fired. I was yeah. glad to hear that, and I hope it was his decision. I hope it wasn't forced. And I hope that Jimmy and Andrew Barry have empowered him to make the next selection. That's a real strict fraternity. If you haven't been a member of it, you don't get it. Yes. Let the head coach pick his head uh, assistant coaches. You're Kevin Stefanski. Yes. Who are you hiring? I mean, Flores is my number one choice. And I, I'll, two reasons. A, we just watched a defense that was passive, rush, rushed for played coverage, and it drove us all crazy because we wanted to see more aggression. Right. Schwartz is only going to rush four. Like, he's not a blitzing defensive coordinator. He wants to get pressure with his four guys, let everyone else cover, play zone on the back end. I want to see Flores. I want to see a little more creativity. I think he can unlock Miles Garrett. And real quick on Flores and Stefanski and that relationship, if it ever came together, I've never talked to Kevin Stefanski in my life, never once. But Aditi has, Jason has, and Mary Kay has. And they all told us yesterday in one show that Stefanski would not be intimidated by Flores, and he would be able to do his thing. Flores would be able to operate in his own realm without he's cra- comfortable. Without by crashing. By the way, I have of- talked to Stefanski too. <laughs> do you believe this, that? And this idea that he has this out of control ego and always tries to be the smartest guy in the room, I agree with them. I don't believe that. I think he. Jason said, I don't know if he said this off the air or on the air yesterday. He might have said it to me off the air. That sometimes the way he talks, it seems like he's being arrogant. It comes off that way, but that's not the intent. And, and, and that's that's my point. Is but he's I, not. I, I don't think he is I at all. I don't think he's ever said anything that's made me think he's arrogant. Yeah. It's, I think it's we look. It's, as, his coach, it's his coaching style. It's the fact that not just the media and the fans locally that have been screaming to use Chubb and Hunt together. Yeah. I've heard brilliant offensive minds in the national media and former players that have been in systems. Leroy Horde, who's going to be with us in a minute. Yeah. All scream and yell, why aren't we seeing these guys together? And Stefanski's refusal to do that yeah. is the reason that I've said, is this guy arrogant? Is he just trying yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, we could argue whether he should do that, and I thought he should too. I, I just don't think it's because, you know, I don't think he has a my way or the highway attitude in the end. And I agree with Brian, with Brian Flores. That's your choice too? Yes, I don't want Brian Flores to be my head coach, by the way. All this talk about Brian Flores. Like, he may be a good head coach someday. He made some huge mistakes in Miami. He did. He handled – I know I don't love Tua. I know you don't love Tua. But he handled Tua poorly. Yes, Very The boy. way he handled him was a big mistake, and hopefully he'll learn from that. But I, I, I don't want – I want him to be the head coach of my defense. I want him to blitz. I want him to be creative. I want him to turn <laughs> Miles Garrett into TJ all Watt. these other well, guys. Well, I'm with you, then. So, that makes it Let's go crazy. Oh, Brian Flores. Yeah. Who you right, want? Man, let's go ahead and throw the cherry on the top. Four oh Flores. Yeah. And, by the way – we worry about the wrong stuff. We seven and ten. When you're a seven and ten team, ain't nobody ain't nobody done well enough to be thinking about what if next week or or down the line we gonna make Flores. No, 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 no. Flores need to worry about getting his 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 stuff back together in the league and repairing his his uh his, you know his image. Uh, and Kevin Stefanski sure as heck don't got no time to be insecure. If you are a head coach or you are anybody in a competitive sport. That's like saying we're going to invite somebody to come on the show and they insecure. That all that's going to mean is they're not going to talk the yeah, whole but some show. Some coaches are. 
You can't I don't have think, that. I don't think Stefanski is. I don't And by the way, I don't, I don't know who said it yesterday. Maybe it was you. Someone yesterday said, no, the right way to look at this is my ass is in a sling. I need yeah. somebody. I'm about to get fired yeah. if this defense doesn't make major improvement. Who's the best person to help that? That's all I care That's about. That's it. If I'm it. And if, you're, if you are concerned about bringing in a, an alpha guy because he might run over you, then you are definitely not right for the job material. Right. Did you guys know, by the way, I didn't know till this morning, Flores has never been in D.C.? Yeah, I saw. Did you I know saw, that? He's never, he never been, actually in been in his whole career. No, but he's been on the defensive side. Yeah, yeah, he's always he's, been on the defensive side. coach, secondary coach. Yeah, so, right. so, so he coached under Belichick. Yeah, he coached under, yeah, he right. coached under yeah. Belichick, yeah. so therefore you are not the defensive coordinator. I'm just, I'm just saying, you're my defensive coach. He was basically the D.C. when he was in Miami for three years. Right, yeah. I'm just saying, they had their record. They were third. His first year when they were basically tanking, or the team, the owner wanted them to tank. They were last dead. They were dead. dead they last. were the worst defense. They were the worst defense before he got there. His first year, they were still dead last. The last two years, they were top ten defenses. Yeah. If you got one coach that's passive and is not very vocal, you need one coach to be unlikable, like severely. Yeah. The good cop, bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Tim. And that's what they would have. One of the guy, one of my defensive coordinators like was was Tim Deruder, right? And Tim Deruder went on to coach Texas A&M and Von Miller and yep. everybody else, yep. right? And he's just not very likable. I shout out to Tim DeRuiter, by the way. Like, I, I mean, outside of the <laughs> Even building, though you don't like him, shout I, out. I, shout out to – it don't matter. One thing you couldn't do, you could not run the ball on us. It was just not going to happen. Like, because that's what he cared about. He, he was he – was, uh, he even was like <laughs> – he was inflammatory. <laughs> he'd walk up and start something with you. He'd be like, hmm. You're not looking good today. You guys remember we interviewed Coach Curley in our pre-show? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was Curley. I love Curley off the court. Yeah. I hated Curley hate on the him. court. Hate and him. Well, OB listen, was most very of our favorite coaches, chill. at least for me, I don't yeah. know, most of my favorite coaches in my lifetime were the biggest hard asses yeah. oh. I ever played for. But the reason they're now my favorite is because when we're young, we're dumb. And we don't want to hear anybody tell us stuff we think we know. Yeah. But – as we age and we look back, we realize how little we knew and how the toughest coaches were able to get the most out of us. And, you know, for me, it was my wrestling coach who taught me valuable lessons outside of wrestling about discipline and, and, and self-drive and things that my baseball coaches never, never really were into because baseball is not that kind of sport. So I think to get a Brian Flores type in here, I think this, guys, we've been basically all year long begging for Brian Flores. We just didn't know it. Yeah. We've been begging for yeah. someone to stand up and show a pair and, uh, and, and, and to care and to, to push and to drive coach or player. Where's it? Where defense is it? Needs it. And our secondary in particular needs to play with aggressiveness. Have, have you ever, have you, just think about this. So usually as a man, you don't get to your earning peak performance and your earning power to you. What? Mid forties, forties, mid forties, right? These kids are, and I'm saying not kids, but young men are making more money than than any other person that would be in that age group. Sure. And what I realized is I go back and look at my coaches. I look at it and say, how did I, I thought I was playing hard, but was I really playing hard? Right. I thought I was pushing myself, but I was I really pushing myself. And then you look back at certain peers, you can be like, well, I got responsibilities now. Back then I didn't. I wasn't working that hard. And, yeah. and, and you thought you were. You thought at the. You thought you was. Think about that's like, youth. That, that's that's youth. the youth. You, you think about the, the money you make in whatever job you do. Like making the money I make now versus 
the, the almost no money I made when I was 25 years old, but what I would have done with the money then. Oh, yeah. you've been in the street. I, mean, yeah, I, I would have just my dad, been in the street. My dad had a funny line. He used yeah. to tell me, there's a reason you don't make a lot of money when you're young. Because you, I was I, out of college, I was making 15000 a year. Yeah. And I was always complaining about it to my dad. He goes, your days are ahead. Yeah. When you're smarter and you won't screw up that I would have pissed it all away. Oh, and it's, oh, isn't oh, that too. true, though? Like, oh, we're not 100%. ready for it. But, but for professional athletes, it's the other way around. That's right. They're earning all of their money before they're 30 and then after 30 they're looking around going wait where's that easy gravy train five million a year money woke and they wake up and don't understand and you need a coach to be like we don't care how much money you make i don't even like you like that as a matter of fact i'm going when when a coach work you so hard he don't give you no compliments he on you for every little small thing when you when you get to the field you not only is mad at the other team you trying to prove something yeah. to, to him. Like, I can't believe you told me I wasn't no pass yeah. rusher on third yeah, down. I know. Hey, and Clowney went and did that to Flores. Yeah. There, there would not be no Clowney. No, no, you're right. I don't think no. that would have, I don't think Clowney would have happened under Flores. No. I think to me, and, and you know, you guys played at a higher level of sports. All of you played at a higher level of sports than I did. <laughs> but I would say from my years in radio, uh, I, I think the perfect boss, the perfect coach is a guy, you know how we talk all the time about uh, heart and analytics. you got to find yeah. a good balance. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with a coach. If a coach is crapping on you all the time and shows you no love at all, yeah. you're going to be like, screw him. It's going to piss me off. I think it goes negative. Right. But if he's on you, but you feel like he's on you because he loves you and he wants to get the yep. best out of you, yep. that's the best coaches. And that's the hardest gear to find. That's right. Coaches. Leroy Hoard's on with us now. Before we get into this coach talk, I'm just wondering what the hell it feels like to have lost to a team that lost the national championship by 60 points. That's got to be a hell of a feeling today. Look at him. <laughs> you know what he's wishing right now? It's happening. He's wait, lucky. Wait, wait, he would wait, never wait. say that if I was in the room with him. Yeah, like. <laughs> All right, Jay. All right, Jay. That hurt. You I know could, I love you, Leroy. I could have laughed most of the, that one. Here's the, the fact of the matter. Yeah. On Monday night, we was both watching. We were. How we got there don't matter. Yeah, you're right. If you if you if you can handle, <laughs> oh, we only lost because of a missed field goal, and that makes you feel sleep at night. Good it for does. you. You know it doesn't. It made it worse. Right. It made it worse. It made it worse. It you, did. You well, how do you close. think? Wait. How do you think? We scored two touchdowns for them. I know you did. Mm. It's got to be just and as bad for you. In, when you get the ball inside somebody's five-yard line three times and only get three points, and you throw two big sixes, you ain't supposed to win. I knew no. that game was over a long time ago. Yeah. Hey, Leroy, let's you ain't going to win that game. You're right. You're Le right. Yeah, Leroy, let's talk about coaching because we talked about this. You know, the whenever a team has a, a like a soft-spoken coach and it doesn't work, yeah. you want the badass coach. And then if the badass yeah. coach doesn't work, then you want to go back to a, a soft-spoken coach. In your experience, uh, what kind of coach did you prefer? And did, did the coach need to find a balance? Did you, was it good to have one, one, like the head coach be a badass and the coordinator be more mellow and vice versa? What, what's your take on all that? Just a coach that I respected. Okay. So that no matter what approach he took, I knew it was for my the, the best version of me. Uh -huh. Um. And 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 probably one of the most harshest coaches I ever had was Bill Belichick. You be that, like, come on, dude. He he was, but but at the same time, 
right? You understood that that dude could coach any position on the field. He would walk up and down the lines during practice or pregame, and he would tell every single person something about the guy they were facing. And you respected the hell out of that. So all the other stuff, all the other antics that came with it, you realized that we were in this to win. Okay? Um, and, and same thing with Denny Green. Denny Green, he, he didn't too much have conversations with you. He empowered his coaches. But he let them know what was up. And then the coach that you had would come and talk to you. So there's a number of ways of doing it. But let's think of it this way. Anytime a new manager or a new boss comes in, he could come in two, one or two ways. He could come in understanding, yeah, I'm the boss, but I need to show this team that I'm worthy of this title. Yeah. Or you can come in and say, I'm the boss, you're going to do what I say because I'm the boss. You see, one, yep. it, both things can accomplish the same thing. However, one does a better job of it. You see what I mean? The first so, one. Right. Right. And, and and so what I what I fear about the Browns right now, and I don't know what the relationship is with Kevin Stefanski and everybody. I think he only has an interaction with a handful of players. Mm-hmm. And nobody else knows who the hell Kevin Stefanski is. Is that bad in your view? Actually, absolutely. Oh, you would think absolutely. It would be. Because because guess what? It's the head coach's job to get the best out of you. And if that defense is slipping, sometimes you need to hear the head man come over there and say something. Not just your coach, who you've been friendly with. The relationship of your position coach and the defensive coordinator is a lot different than your relationship with the head coach. You ain't never worried about your running back coach firing you, but you worry about that head coach. So when that head coach come over and talk to you, it has a little bit different uh, feel to it than having the same words come out of your position coach. I think what people fail to realize is, is that you know, some of the best coaches and and some of the best coaches are the guys who were special teams coaches. You know why? Because that's the only coach on the field that interacts with both sides of the ball. Yeah, that's that's a good yep. point. So when you look around, a lot of times the interim coach Bill ends up being the special teams coach. You look at John Harbaugh. He is one of the few people that can have a relationship with everybody on the football field as soon as he comes in. He's not an offensive guy. Was He's Cowher, not a defensive guy. Leroy, was Cower the special teams coach in Cleveland when you played? Did you ever Cower? No, he was he was in um he was at uh he was already Cowher, at Pittsburgh. Wasn't Bill Cower a special teams coach in Cleveland? At yes. one point in his they, career, special teams, he coached linebackers. He did. Yeah, he but did that was before stuff. that was before your time here, then, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was just um, wondering if you'd ever but, played for but, him. Let me ask you about this. You're a, a, a perfect person to ask about this because you live he, in South. Let me Florida. get this real quick. He was the special teams coach for the Browns 
85 and 86, and okay. then the DB coach, 87, 88. All right. Um, you, you live in South Florida. I know that along with the Browns, you pay very close attention to the Miami Dolphins. So I'm curious to get yeah. your thoughts on Brian Flores. Would he be the right guy for this defense right now? Yes. Why? Here's, here's why. He is very structured. He knows what he wants. He demands it. And if you can't perform or do what is asked of him so that he knows where all of his players are, the hell with you. Wow. I don't have a problem with that. No, I don't think You know, does. certain teams call for certain things. <clears throat> this team don't need no more nice guys. <clears throat> you need somebody to put them in check <clears throat> to let them know what's up. They are way too talented on that side of the ball to not be more productive. And so when you think of a defensive coordinator, and I'm going to tell you like this, anybody know any nice defense coordinators? I don't. Yeah, they're not supposed to. Right. Joe Woods. Right. <laughs> because they, they want, He's a they, former defensive they want, coordinator. They want their guys to be nasty. They want to be have attitude. The, the defensive coordinator and defensive coaches are like hype men. They are always the most enthusiastic on the field. The offensive guy is mellow. He's sipping on a little cognac, calling out the plays. <laughs> right. Right? The defensive coach got a dip in. He's spitting all over the place, and he's yelling at everybody. That's the way it should that's be. The intensity, that's the intensity that defense has to be played with. Think of all the defense coordinators. When Bill Belichick was the defense coordinator for um, the Giants, yeah. With all that star power, all they show him on the field doing on the sideline is yelling. That's the mentality you have. Because you have to understand, defensively, it's an attitude. You asking a guy mm -hmm. to go and tackle somebody running full speed at you with the ball. You can't be no coward. That's part of the game. You can't be making business decisions. You want 11 guys flowing to the ball. How do you flow to the ball? Energy. Energy. You want a guy to fight like hell up front. Get penetration. That's all energy. So you need a guy that comes in to portray that. Leroy, though, on that... Y'all can't be sitting on the sidelines as a defensive player sipping on cognac. <laughs> on that yeah. same You're way, right, before, you ask you, before you ask your question, I think I missed my calling. I should have been a defensive coordinator. I'm the best yeller there is. Yeah, That's but you true. don't chew. He can start chewing. Chew. Hey, you need back. that dip. Oh, you, you hear Leroy? Dip? They yeah, do yeah, that yeah, a yeah. lot. Of you can you can chew sunflower seeds. I think I, I remember Freddie Puggett at Ohio State. I'd be good at spitting and yelling, cursing. I'd be great at that. Leroy, Leroy, real quick though, with with Flores' attitude though, we were just talking about this ourselves. Do you think Kevin Stefanski, knowing he's in the position he's in where there's questions about his future, would welcome a guy in with such a different personality who has that alpha dog mentality one from what we've seen Stefanski doesn't? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Offense is different than defense. Right? 90% mm -hmm. of defense is attitude. The mentality in which you go in. See, I appreciate defenders because it's like running back. Right? If a running back's any good, 
He's going to take that beating for the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter. Keep getting up, keep getting up, keep getting up. Eventually, something got to give. And as a running back, if you come into a game and say, it ain't going to be me, then eventually you're going to succeed. And and that's that's defense. Defense, you have to be aggressive on every play. Mm-hmm. You have to know what to do. You have to get after it. And it's a different mentality. If you don't have a guy that can express that mentality of how the game is going to be played, forget about what they have to do. I'm talking about just the mentality of soon as you get on the field, this is how we're going to play. You need a guy to portray to get that message across to that defense. Because you can't be a coward and play on defense. And I'm telling you that from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, no, it's it's that I know some of the toughest guys man. I ever played with. It didn't it didn't matter size. It didn't matter. It was the the relentlessness of a defender. You knew, hey, I better butt my chin strap. This dude brings yeah. it the whole game. And you know those guys. That's what this defense needs. Not just everybody want to rush the pass when you're up two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. But let's bring, let's, let's bring in me, a Buckeye. Who's going to get me a stop on third and fourth and one? Yep. Let's bring in a Buckeye. Robert Smith joins the conversation. Robert, uh, we're talking about the new defensive coordinator for the Browns, who that should be. I know you're familiar with Brian Flores. You certainly called some of his games while he was a head coach. Uh, you've seen him in action now with the Steelers as a defensive assistant. Is he the right guy at the right time for this D.C. job, in your view? I, I, I don't know, honestly. I didn't really? call any of his games as a coordinator. I mean, I've heard good things about him as a coordinator. I don't know that it went very well, uh, you know, handling Tua down there in Miami. But, you know, to a degree, Leroy's right. But there are notable exceptions. Two of them would be Tony Dungy, uh, yeah. who was our defensive coordinator the first four years when I was in Minnesota, and Dave Aranda, a guy that I uh, did a game with last year down at Baylor. And the vibe you get off of uh, off of Dave Aranda is uh, it's, it's so eerily similar to Tony Dungy. And here's the thing. You know, you do have to play with emotion, but you also have to know what you're doing. And if you have a coach, this, this is the saying – uh, about coaches like uh, coaches and players if players don't care what you know until they know that you care and if you know what it is that you're doing and if you are consistent with that message then you can get that point across guys don't need to be yelled and screamed at but i do agree that defense has to be played with emotion uh and you know <laughs> we called the 49ers game last weekend and it's just great how that attitude is just, it's the whole team, man. It's the whole team. Like, they're punching each other in the face at practice. Like, they want to be physical, right, both sides of the ball. But I don't know enough about Flores personally uh, to know if he's the right guy. You bring up an interesting point, Robert, about Tony, because I was in Tampa for the four years, his last four years there, and he had an all-time great defense with a Hall of Famer and perhaps two Hall of Famers in the back end. He had Derek Brooks in the middle. He had Warren Sapp up front, Lynch and Barber on the back end. This was this was like a 
Baltimore Ravens, Chicago Bears style all-time great defense. And the, the general consensus in Tony's last season was the missing piece was the attitude, that he was too nice, that guys had too much say at what, what went on in that locker room. And lo and behold, right. much to the chagrin of the media because we loved him and to the chagrin of his players because they, to a man, many of them wept when Tony was let go. The next year, they bring in John Gruden, a fire and brimstone guy, and we're looking around like, man, we've never seen this at training camp before. He was running it like a high, like like Camp McKinley. <laughs> I mean, it was like boot camp. And what do you know, with the same players, 12 months later, after they fire Tony, they're hosting the Lombardi Trophy. So I know that Tony is the outlier, but and yes, he did win a Super Bowl with an all-time great quarterback later in Indianapolis, but I'm wondering if there wasn't something to that mentality that to be truly tough and to truly be the best team, you got to have a little hard ass in you. And Tony had none. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, but he coached many defenses uh, down there in Tampa that were top-level defenses. So, you know, you can talk all you want about, well, it's because – because of the players, but he was getting the most out of those defenses as well. So, but I, you know, I think it's interesting. Tony Dungy was our defensive coordinator uh, with the Vikings for the first four years. And uh, he ended up eventually winning the Super Bowl on the other side of the ball. Right. You know, right. You just, you just mentioned it with a quarterback and. Same uh, thing with Brian, Brian Billick. Brian Billick was our right. coordinator and he <laughs> won on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, you know, there's there's something to that, I guess. But there's also something to messages getting stale after time and continually upgrading and surrounding yourself with the best but, people. The formula's not Robert, simple. I, I would, if it was, would, everybody would be winning. Right. But, Robert, let, let's think of it this way. Part of that is also, as a head coach, you have to know how to deliver that message. Everybody, mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't handle yelling well. Everybody doesn't, and you have to know the right buttons to push. The one thing I'll say about Tony Dudgy, you could go to any player in the NFL. They respect the hell out of him. Yeah, and that's a respect that he, that's a respect that he carried wherever he went. So Still does. He could get his message across without yelling because the respect that that man has in the NFL is unbelievable. Um, so, there, there's many ways of doing it, but I, I just look at it from, you know, the defensive point and playing against defenses is that the intensity in which a defense has to play to be successful, they have to lie to their bodies all the time. Yeah. You know, as a running back, we kind of have to do it too. Because you take that pound in a lot before you break free. And you got to be willing to take it and you got to be willing to sustain it and, and just stay the course. Defense is like that too. And and sometimes you just need 
that message to be delivered to let guys know uh, the intensity. We, we all think that we can do it ourselves. We all think you get into the league a while, you don't need nobody to motivate you, that you're a pro and you could do it yourself. But I'd be damned if every Saturday night I wouldn't sit in that, that, that hotel and listen to Denny talk and me and my roommate went back to the room and wanted to beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, I, I, can't, I can't explain it. It's something about coaches delivering messages that stick with you. And part of it, it all starts from this concept. If you respect that man and you know that he's looking out for your best interest and we all on the same page and he don't have no ill will with the message that he's delivering, then however that message comes, you receive it. And I think that's the message I got from Bill Belichick, I got from Denny Green, is that when you respect the guy and you know that he's only looking out for all of our best interests, then you all in. And that's how it was with those two coaches. Very good. Uh, Leroy, listen, we... um... We want to take a sec- second here to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us every week throughout the NFL season. Your insight has made us laugh. Yeah. Your stories have made us cry. And your insight has made us smarter. So for all of those reasons, we thank you. We look forward to hey. having you again next hey. next season once can a you week. F- can you record this and send it to Robert? Yeah. <laughs> the last part. <laughs> the last part. <laughs> and, the, and the dinner he paid for for G and I made us full too. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Oh, yeah, listen, checks in the mail. Yeah, Leroy, you're the best man. We love you. Thanks, Have a great right, off man. season, and we'll see you All as right. news warrants throughout the uh, off season. But definitely, we'll see you uh, when next <coughs> season begins. Leroy, Thanks, Leroy. Horror, absolutely, absolutely, guys. He's been Later, great, Robert. His stories have made me cry. I mean, I'm laughing so hard at times I can't catch my breath. Yeah. But that's <laughs> Leroy Horton. He makes only... any party better. He makes any show smarter. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're better because he's been a big part of our show. Yeah. So yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.